0: Hey, everyone. Welcome to episode 262 of 15 with Jeff and Randy. Now, I know what you're thinking. You keep, you know, we keep saying that, you know, pretty soon it's going to be Pastor Ken. Pretty soon it's going to be Pastor Ken. And this week, I can tell you that upcoming next week, June 12th, Pastor Ken Wetmore will deliver his first message to Whole Life Church as its senior pastor. And I, for one, could not be more excited. Uh, we've done a lot of work with him already, doing some promos and different fun things for the church in video format, but it'll be our first foray into audio and the podcast, so I am really looking forward, and I'm a little intimidated, actually, because he is really, really good. On camera, And I'm assuming he's going to be just as good on the microphone. So, you know, I feel like I really got to beef up the chops here before next week. So hopefully, uh, hopefully it all goes well. <laughs> but this past week, we had finished our summer series, which you all know is my favorite. But I'm pretty sure, and maybe, Jeff, you can confirm this, because you started this week by looking back at the summer series and the stories of transition and difficulties from our members that they shared kind of in your preview, which it seemed really appropriate because at times, maybe more than others, when we're in these transitions, we really need to have Jesus' eyes of empathy. And they did an amazing job of, of laying that out without that being the subject matter. And I think that this message following that was pretty intentional, wasn't it?
1: Now, that, actually, that was kind of the incentive for me oh, was it? for nice. this for this talk, because listening to their stories, you know, you didn't get just an insight into their lives; you got an insight into our church. Yeah, and uh, it was it was actually just to be able to sit in the you know in the in the worship center and listen to these amazing stories, but also these very—I mean—it was a broad spectrum of things that these people talked about, and so it it was uh, it was just a it was just a really unique insight into the. The body of our church it was nice,
0: absolutely. I mean, to me, I really felt like, I feel proud of our church in in one way, but another way I felt comforted because you you know that, I mean, that's just a small fraction of even those that just attend every week, even though numbers from COVID aren't back to pre-COVID, but even just a small number of those that sit in the worship center every single week, those that join us online, those that are able to communicate with us. And if they're having that kind of dependence on God and that kind of... Of, of, of trusting him through these transitions and still having the empathy that they showed that, that makes you feel good. Like maybe your church community is above average or you know, that they're really good at this. And that makes me feel good. Cause I know there's a lot of times when we all need that. I need that. I need that empathy. I need that person that's lifting you up on the other side that maybe doesn't even know you that well. That just made me feel really good about being a member at whole life church.
1: Yeah, and the messages were were about connecting with their community. The messages were about what it takes to move outside of the community and into the other aspects of their lives and how they, you know, how they trans I just felt like, you know, for, for you and I, and for you especially, because you've been able to talk, with them, uh, after, you know, they spoke. So you got an insight into their deeper part of their stories. So I think all of us have benefited from, you know, reading underneath their stories, so to speak.
0: Yeah. And the vulnerability, which I think is a big part of empathy was something that they all displayed really, really well. And that again, was part of that just part that made you feel really good that people like yourself that, you know, maybe struggle with things and, you know, the, um, I can't think of it. Wasn't, was it Justin, his younger brother, David, was it that, you know, talked about how he struggled with his, who he was as a person. And, you know, you hear somebody else, like yourself, not a pastor or not that pastors are all that different from the re- from the rest of us. But, you know, sometimes we get the feeling that pastors have it all figured out. And, you know, you hear someone else that you look at and go, there's no way that can be. And then, yeah, it is. And then you start to realize and you start to have those common denominators, which bring us closer together. So I thought it was really fantastic. Really fantastic. Yeah. All right. Well, I like the fact also that you defined empathy early on through Jesus' storytelling and that you said he's helping them to see him and in that perspective to also see others. It is empathy because it is about finding the perspective of others and seeking to understand that perspective. And you said, yet Jesus is asking for his followers to take it further, that we compassionately take action as well on that understanding. So it's not enough just to understand their perspective, but we have to Kind of take action and do it compassionately. Oof. What happens when we don't? Yeah. What, what happens when we don't see that that way, and we miss that compassionately part? We're just like, okay, I understand, but I don't know what you want me to do about this.
1: Yeah, and that was sort of one of the questions that actually came up. You know, there's a couple of pieces. Empathy is, by the way, um, I don't want us to get confused with empathy as being able to understand because. Will never completely understand. I think the only person yeah. that actually knows how to understand is Christ. So he, he <laughs> you're probably he didn't right. Understand, yeah. But <laughs> for us to seek to understand, I think it's a more critical piece. So in other words, my trajectory, uh, my trajectory changes. So in other words, rather than me trying to get them to understand what I'm going through. My drive now is to seek to understand what's, what's, you know, in their place. Yeah. So it's first of all trying to, you know, trying to understand. Second, it's having, uh, having the ability to, you know, s- see what that would be like and, uh, and truly, you know, kind of put myself in their place, so to speak. But I think you're right. I think that the third piece to that is, taking action on it it's you know that's where sympathy and empathy are, are a little different when we get a chance to actually respond to how <laughs> we you know how we yeah uh understand it to be yeah you
0: know? that is that is so tough because how do we have a chance at this honestly because i i find it really daunting When you related the story of the religious leaders and the disciples who, when talking about and the religious leaders trying to, you know, paint Jesus into a corner on the divorce issue— And you know Jesus goes out of his way to kind of stay out of the fray and for sure out of the trap that they're setting for him. Right. And and yet, still neither of the groups—I mean, of course, one of them with the dog in the fight—that you know the hairs up on the back—they're ready for a fight. And the disciples are just the onlookers who are maybe supposed to know a little bit more about what Jesus is talking about. They've been with him a little, and but either you know none of those groups were able to grasp his words and his meaning. Because after he was done, I mean, well, the religious leaders knew what he was talking about, in in a sense, and knew that they had been beat. But yet the disciples are like, "Wait a minute! You know what? Yeah. Are, what, are you, what are you talking about?" And they had just listened to what he had said, and I I, I just was like, I, ugh, "How do we have a chance at this if you know the disciples were right there and they they just didn't get it either?" And I, I worry that well, we see we see it and we don't and we and we don't catch it.
1: Yeah, you know, and it's like I don't know if we've talked about the chosen already. Oh, I was so, going to
0: ask you about that because yeah. these all three of these that you mentioned in your sermon are all have all been on the chosen.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, especially the 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 man by the pool, so they made a they made a story about that one yeah. too. But when we saw Jesus, you know, his followers were more than just men. And uh, here, that's, you know, that's the other piece. Here's these disciples, t- you know, talking like as if they're the only ones basically <laughs> on the planet, you know. And uh, it, it's because the Pharisees, you're right, their their motive was not to get to the bottom of Jesus' <laughs> philosophy about marriage. <laughs> what? That was not their purpose. but. But the disciples were listening to it from that, you know, from that vantage point. But I, I do think that, you know, the, the disciples are very. I mean, we we kind of criticize or we look back and go, how can they have missed it? But we do this every single day. Exactly. I yep. mean, yeah, we, in a sense, we're constantly. I mean, how many times have you been? You know, in a group where you've said something and all of a sudden, as soon as it came out of your mouth, you looked around and realized, oh, my goodness, what did they think about it? You know, because because there's constantly people who are, you know, who are not like us and who all of a sudden are listening to what comes out of our mouth.
0: You're talking to the sensei here, my friend, over the course of my life. I'm just I'll be honest here. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And so you beg at those times, you beg for their empathy, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. Be, because all of a sudden you realize, oh, my goodness, I can't believe I said that. And then, you you know, eventually, I mean, I'm hoping that all of us knew, you know, realize that, that we do that. We go to those people and we say, hey, look, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm a, I'm really really sorry that should have never come out of my mouth and blah, blah 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 you know we we hopefully we find those ways or times and and words to say but but you know graciously a lot of times those those people are able to, and especially if if
0: they do have empathy <laughs> if, or if they've have, if they have, they yeah. can't keep the, uh, they don't have the filter turned on as much as they should either. Cause I know when it happens to me, I'm like, Oh, please don't worry about that. I mean, I've been the instigator or the problematic person way more times than I would care to. And that's just, sometimes you wonder like, where in the world did that come from? That's not yeah. something I believe. Maybe it's something I've heard, but it certainly wasn't appropriate. And, and I wasn't even anywhere near that line of thinking when this happened. And it just came out of my mouth. Like, that's the dumbest thing I could have possibly said. And that's yeah. and that's where I just, this part just really gets to me because I really feel like we miss opportunities so often because we just didn't see it. And maybe it's because like, we're looking at it, like you just mentioned the disciples, like we feel like we're the only ones. And yeah. that we're the only group that's, you know, being oppressed. And I thought you brought it home brilliantly with the story of Tommy, who was your your um,
1: uh, foster foster brother. Yeah, foster
0: brother. I wanted to say adopted. I knew that wasn't right. Foster brother. And when you said, you see, it's pretty hard to empathize and then become compassionate of others when you make yourself out to be the one wronged. And I'm like, and I'm thinking when you said that, I wrote down in my phone, let's be honest, that can be our go to way too often that we find ourselves to be that person. And then if we do that, I mean, how do we have a chance at empathy? I just, because this might be the most important thing That we have as Christians in our tool belt, if you will, to show people that Jesus changes us and we become more like him. And I never saw it as much as I have probably, Jeff, in the last six months that Heather's been doing Stephen Ministries. Oh, yeah. And I yeah. know that you, you know, that I think that's your baby overall that brought it to our church. And just myself, I'm so thankful because our communication, just the two of us, her and I, have have gotten so much better because she was very much a quiet person and wasn't as much of an interjector. And and now I see her listening skills and her directing skills, and I'm loving it. And we communicate so much better. And I think when that starts to happen, then the empathy becomes obvious. It's like, well, duh, right? Mm -hmm. Because now, now I know, now I know what's going on because I actually listened. And I was just like, man, maybe the whole church needs to go through Stephen ministries (laughs) a little bit (laughs) because it really was, it really is amazing.
1: Yeah. You know, that's the piece I think Jesus wants us to, I don't think, I don't think he's content for when we decide that we're going to play and I don't want to say play, because a lot of times people are very real victims. I don't want to downplay oh, absolutely. Yeah. that that piece. But a lot of times we can be identified by that and get stuck in it. And so as soon as you get stuck, much like the the, the man by the pool of Bethesda, that's why Jesus asked him, do you want to be healed? I really believe that the man had become identified by that and so whenever we become identified by our own victimized you know state so to speak then you're right it's really difficult for us to empathize with anybody else so so oh go ahead so that so that's the piece that i think is critical when you're you know when you're hearing these stories otherwise because otherwise it just becomes a round robin you tell me a story i'll tell, tell you, you a, a story. story yeah yeah
0: yeah well, so what do we do? Because I think what you said was very important. and I don't want to miss it in this. When someone's become the victim themselves or they see themselves as that victim, whether true or false, what do we do when we're trying to help them through that? We see it as an outsider We can see that it's probably a lot of you thinking that you are the victim because maybe we know the situation and we go, oh, man, maybe, you know, maybe you're part of the problem. How do you approach somebody without totally just being the bad guy? I mean, how can you approach it without sounding like you're holier than thou, that you have all the answers? Because if you're telling somebody they're a victim, there's got to be a better way to come at that than saying, Hey man, you need to get over it. You're just seeing yourself as a victim and you're never going to get over it. If that's what you see. Yeah. What, what, what do we do there?
1: And I'm, I'm not saying that I have the right answer for that question because that is a very important question. But however, if empathy is not, we have to understand empathy is not, it's like a rope. You can only use it one way. You can't, you can pull but you can't use it to push. Ooh, okay, And, and I don't think empathy, in other words, I can't ask somebody to empathize either empathize for me. In other words, I can't say you need to be more empathetic with me, you know, that I, as, as much as you might want that much as you might need that. So you can't say, I can't go to somebody and say, Oh, you're, you're, you're the victim. So that's why you can't, you know, you can't (laughs) empathize with me. That doesn't work. So we have to always look to Christ. I, I can't stop looking to Christ. Otherwise I'm, I'm screwed up because if you look to Christ, Christ is really the victim on the cross, right? He's really the one being nailed to that wood. But what, but there's, there's, Jesus is not saying to the guards, you know, you guys should have a little more empathy. I'm, I'm saving your you know your whatever. <laughs> yeah. Or you know, you're in the wrong. I'm the one, you know, blah blah blah. But no, Jesus prays a prayer of father forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. So, in a sense, here he is, literally he is the victim, but he's able to find empathy. Now, that's a really hard thing to ask from somebody who's literally being tossed aside or being you know cruelty you know cruelly dealt with or or whatever so sure yeah but, but we can't say to them you need to have more empathy because it only it only it, it has to come from within it can't come and the only way that it can come from within is if, if Christ is in your heart. So and again, I don't want to get into this whole piece because a lot of times we you know we get into these things. Well, they must not know Christ. Oh, That's yeah, the yeah. reason why they're doing what they're doing. You know, they want to play their victims. No, we can't judge either. No. So so empathy is not something you can mandate from somebody else. It has to come from within. That's why I think Christ when you say Christ is the answer, He can't. He's the only one that can make that happen. So it is a it is like a rope. You can't push with it.
0: So maybe if we're the one showing the empathy and we're the one showing this person, maybe maybe we're showing the most attention they've ever received without judgment or without advice and just listening. Maybe that's enough to make them realize that hey, maybe I'm the person that has the problem, and they it starts to reflect and they see it in that way. But there's, like you said, there's really no way we can point it out because there's no, it just doesn't work that way.
1: No, I agree. a matter of fact, I think that you're absolutely right. I think empathy does beget up empathy. Yeah, I think, you know, if we're able to look away from ourselves, you know, that's what Jesus did, literally. He helped them see in their story that you know, that there's another side to look at this. And as soon as they did that, he was able to get their mind off of themselves onto him and then onto others. So, yeah, I, I do think, you know, I was thinking back with Tommy, my foster brother, he was able to trust me as soon as I was able to stop you know, being so competitive or so, you know, stop thinking that I was, yeah, as soon as I was able to do that, then I could understand his plight. And then he was able to trust me and eventually become a little bit more what we would call suitable for, you know, you know, to be able to integrate into a regular family. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, then he could, he could realize that dream of riding across the plains on Sugarfoot together as, as a tandem. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, we all know someone who we're pretty sure hasn't heard the word empathy and they surely aren't equipped to have any empathy. Is everyone able to have empathy or is this just truly a superpower? Because we all know somebody.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You you ask these questions, you know, sometimes I wonder that, you know, (laughs) you, you deal with some people and you go and so, you know, you think of some people who have. Really a difficult time, you know, realizing that. But outside of a pathological issue, I do think everybody does have that capability.
0: And I asked that in yeah. jest, sort of. But yeah. I have talked to a couple of people who are probably the most, and I don't even want to say they're not mean, they're just the most direct speaking people that you have ever met in your life. And it's almost like I don't have any tact. I don't have any feel for the situation. And even if I did, I, I certainly don't know how to portray it. And so I've heard people say that there's like this person, there's no way that they could have an ounce of empathy no matter what happens. And maybe that's partially a life journey. Maybe they haven't had something that's, force them to see it or be a part of it from somebody. But I mean, I think it's available for everyone, right? I mean, there's got to be something, like you said, outside of something pathological. We should all have this ability. And if we don't think we have it, you know, maybe we have to go searching or, you know.
1: Yeah, I don't even I wouldn't even call it a skill or an ability. I would say it's a trait that oh, okay. I think all, I think Christians, I think it's it's a trait that comes with Christianity. I really do.
0: Okay.
1: I like it. I think Christ instills within us the ability to look beyond ourselves. I, I really do.
0: No, I think you're right. I think that's good. I hadn't thought about it like that. All right, well we have gotten to the point where we have a couple of questions that were left over from the Loop this past Sabbath. That oh, is great. that is our <laughs> These are the easier ones. Stanley pitched you all the hardballs during the Q&A session. So, if you don't know what the Loop is, it you can swipe up in today's show notes and it'll tell you all about it and how to watch it every Saturday at 9:30 a.m., except this Saturday. We're taking the week off because Pastor uh, Wetmore is going to be his first week and so we want both first and and second service to be totally his 100% to have his welcome message be received by as many as possible. So it'll be the week after, which will be the 2 19th. The Loop will be back. And we always have a QA and a with the speaker. And any questions that don't get answered during that service, we take on here at the podcast. The first one is from someone in a RC. I hope I don't really mess up your last name, but I want to say it's Euclid. And if that's wrong, I apologize. I'm horrible with pronouncing names. <laughs> but the question was, for how long can we be empathetic with the same mean person before we turn down the table as Jesus did? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, first of all, we ha- we sometimes get confused uh with e- with empathy being something like our our tolerance uh of evil. Or our or our ability to uh, be graceful or Hmm, first of all, when Christ turned over the tables, that was not him coming to a boiling point. Uh, we we like to think that because we think that most of the time Jesus was calm and collected and, and, and cool. And all of a sudden he lost his temper when he found we can't look at it that way. We have to realize that everything that Jesus did was highly intentional and it wasn't out of anger or some over, you know, wrought wrath or boiling point that Jesus turned over these tables. Finally, you know. Yeah. Yeah. He did that. I think he probably knew exactly what he was going to do when he got to the temple.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: And and I think just like uh, a parent who grabs his child before he runs out on the street and jerks him back, uh, does it out of safety and, you know, in a sense, uh, you know, security for his son or daughter. Sure. It looked mean, but in 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 all eyes, it was actually an act of empathy or compassion for those those others who needed to find a place to worship in peace. And so, anyway, uh, I, I don't think that we can compare the two. Empathy is not about you know some kind of. Um, it, it, it can be done with kindness. It can be done with a sense of straight talk, so to speak. Empathy is really much more about trying to seek understanding. It's, it's not really about... Um, being nice is in a different category. We can't. Yeah. We can't put no. those in the same category. What about? So I don't know if that answers that question or not.
0: What about? I, I almost read this, and I'll, and RC, I'm not putting words in your mouth, but I'm I'm reading this, and for myself personally, I'm reading this. I'm almost saying I want to add the word say for how long can we be forgiving with the same person before we turn down the table as Jesus did? Yeah, it's and so and yeah. I'm I don't are those two empathy and forgiveness? Are those two we can confuse or and should we? No, we
1: should not confuse those, again, because—and and that, and that does sort of feel like, you know, how many times do I forgive somebody? Yeah, yeah. Well, Jesus, Jesus was pretty clear about that. <laughs> um, there is no limit. No. And I th- I, but I do think empathy gets us to forgiveness.
0: Sure. Oh, absolutely.
1: I think we as Christians should always have within us the ability to forgive because i again that's one of those traits that i think god god is a forgiver and he expects us to be forgivers.
0: And it's hard to be empathetic if you can't forgive.
1: It's yes, right? you're absolutely right.
0: Or it's and, hard to forgive uh, if you if you have no empathy, i don't think you can forgive.
1: Yeah, so both of them in a sense help drive each other but they're not you shouldn't confuse them with right. each other. Good. Good. Um that's they're not they're they're different because empathy is that part that helps us understand even beyond forgiveness
0: excellent excellent well rc i hope that answered your question we had another one that uh did not have an attribution so i don't know who this who asked the question but it said if god gave us the law shouldn't that be more important than making people feel safe oh um
1: god (laughs) okay so um, this this is an interesting question I I think that was the biggest problem that people had with Jesus is that they kept bringing the law back to him but but Jesus is the one that fulfilled the law. Right. So we have to look at all of the stories and all of the pictures that we have seen before the time of Christ and now we have to compare them through Jesus. So we you know, you might say, "Hey, we had the law; shouldn't that be enough?" And it's and our answer to that should be no. It's not enough. Jesus is the true picture of the law, and so we have to look at this from a different standpoint. We cannot say that we have the law, therefore we're secure, because the law the law was never meant to make us secure. If we remember correctly, the law doesn't save us. Right, and so this is the part that I think a lot of people get mixed up with is they say that, well, we still have the law, and we still have Jesus Christ, but you know the law was there at the beginning, and that's how Jesus. You know, so we like to we always like to put Jesus as the one who is still in you know he's acting in accordance with the law, but the law is actually subservient to him, and in everything. And that's why he was able to boil it down. That's why he was able to say, here's what the law is really about. And uh, so we have to look at all the stories. The entire Old Testament has to now go through the picture of Jesus Christ.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. No, I think you're. I think you're absolutely right, and I think it's a good distinction for both of those questions, because I think it's very easy for the devil to help us twist the law up with empathy and forgiveness and just all of these little things that they're components of, but not in light of. I mean, you can't switch them out. You can't. They need each other, but you can't switch one for another and have the same meaning or maybe the same process to resolution either. So right. I, th- I think right. that's, I think it's important to, to put those out there. So those were the two questions we didn't get to in the loop. But this week was kind of a – this is a first for us. Our One of our whole life takeaways, which I didn't realize was the same as the loop icebreaker, which asked – Oh, really? Yeah. And it asked, when you think about someone you've been able to confide in or someone with whom you felt safe, what was it about them that made you feel that way? And I would love to hear your answers on this. and. Maybe if you had someone that has made you feel that way and it wouldn't be something that made them embarrassed, if you wanted to respond and just say, Jeff C was the person that did this for me because we would love to hear your thoughts and the people that have made you feel that way. Because we can all learn from experiences that in ways they've done that for you, and what about that made you feel that way. That would be super helpful. And if you'd like to share those, you can always send them by voicemail or text to 407-965-1607, and I'd be happy to play that voicemail on next week's show or the text message. I'd go ahead and read that as well as your emails. And you can send those to podcast at wholelife.church. That would be an awesome one to share for us to collectively get better at empathy. And our final thoughts are from the closing of Jeff's message. He said, Jesus made it very clear in Matthew seven twelve. We call it the golden rule. Do to others whatever you'd like them to do to you. This is the essence of all that is taught in the law and the prophets. And Jesus asks us all to look beyond what we think is right for us at the moment and look one more time to find his eyes of empathy. Whew, that's a challenge, but one certainly worth all of us striving for, <laughs> for sure, whether we're perfect at it or not. But that for was you. a. I just, that was a great message this week. I have listened to it multiple times and caught a little bit here and there. So if you haven't caught the message, please do go back and watch it because it was certainly worth your time, especially if you're someone who just wants to be better at empathy and just. Some of the little pieces and parts just made things click in my mind, and it was really, really good. And uh, I would uh, hope that you wouldn't miss it either. So, next week is the debut of our new senior pastor, Ken Wetmore. So, if you want to be there in person, it is the time to come back to church and meet the new pastor. There's going to be activities on Saturday night. You can find a link to those in today's show notes. All of that happening next week. And then next week on Wednesday, we will be together, hopefully for the first time, all three of us together with Pastor Ken. So that's going to do it for this week. Next Tuesday is Speaking of Grace, as always, in the evening and Wednesday morning. We'll be back for episode 263, hopefully with Pastor Ken. Yeah, hopefully. 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 Exactly. So thanks for listening and have a great week.